A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to the House of Pod, a show where we pull back the curtain on the world of medicine, we answer questions about your health, and we interview great guests. I'm Joe, and I'm not a doctor. And I'm Lizzie. And I'm Kave. And we're two gastroenterologists. What's a gastroenterologist? You know, the doctors who work with your digestive system. Say what? You know, your liver, your pancreas, your intestines. Where now? Your butt, Joe. It's your butt. Oh... That's my morning zoo guy voice. You like it? And welcome back to the House of Pod. Wow, today we got a crazy show. <laughs> right, we need all the. Right, we. <laughs> so loud. I was going to say, that's going to break people's ears. Yeah, well, welcome back to the House of Pod, everyone. Hi, I'm Kave. I'm Lizzie. Lizzie, how you doing? So I mean, really, good. really, really, really. Really? You know, I'm I'm rocking the quarantine thing. I'm just like killing it every day, just doing such a good job. I'm the best quarantiner. Now, that sounds like sarcasm. <laughs> Is um, it? No, I actually am doing you're, okay. You're better than that. Lizzie. I'm better. No, I'm sorry. I shouldn't lower myself, lower myself to sarcasm. But for the most part, I think I'm doing okay. You know, getting outside, trying to think of a uh, fun novel ways. Yeah. to uh, entertain myself, new food places to order from. Yeah, so yeah, tell me what you're doing to, to help. What, what are you doing to help yourself through this time? I, I am definitely trying to exercise um, probably four or five days a week um, and definitely take walks and pick up food, for example, like not just do delivery, like find a local place and go walk and get it so um, we can all get some exercise. Um, and I was brainstorming the other day, and you tell me what you think of this idea. Yes. We do something like a meal swap or a food swap. And you and I can be the first um, mm-hmm. guinea pigs mm-hmm. where we just agree to cook a meal for four, for example, just to include everyone and maybe have leftovers if you're not four people and just um, and take food, 
you know, restrictions into consideration mm -hmm. and cook a meal for each other and yeah. leave it, you know, and text or call, Hey, I'm outside your house. I'll leave the food right here and, um, and do that. So we can try that. I think that's a good idea because what you're getting at is you may be really tired of your own cooking, but someone else, it's new to someone else. Right. So yeah, no, I like right. that idea. We all have staples idea. in our house that we can like do really well. And, you know, before the quarantine, I think Tyler and I would do it like once a week or twice a month or something. And now it's like every day and I'm just sick of it. Even if it's delicious, I can't handle it totally. anymore. Because no matter what you do, you have like a signature way of cooking you know what i'm saying right and you taste it it's like they're the beatles once were like you know we're gonna when it's it, we kind of miss playing those old clubs where people didn't really know us so we're thinking we're just gonna show up one day at a club in disguise and start playing and then the reporter was like well but then wouldn't people just recognize the sound right away and know it was you and they're all like Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, so this is a little bit of that. You're like tired of your stuff, no matter what it's you true. do differently. I was thinking that it's just the same dishes that I make or that Tyler makes that I'm kind of bored of, but you're right. It's like everyone kind of seasons the same and you're right. Things sort of do, I think maybe end up tasting similar. So let's right, try this right, out you, this week. Okay. I think that's a great idea. Actually, let me, let me ask you another question. This is, um, in the, cause we, this is going <laughs> to take a long time. It, is it, will I put Corona in your food? Because I won't. <laughs> Not on purpose. Okay. Oh, I am going to reheat whatever you send me, by the way. <laughs> right. Um, let, let me ask you a, a question, because uh, this is going to take a long time. The coronavirus isn't going away magically anytime mm -hmm. soon. We're not going to have a vaccine, that I don't think. I think the earliest, if we were like super lucky, would be like November. I mean, mm -hmm. that would be like really pretty awesome, but I yeah. don't expect that to happen, to be honest. Yeah. And um, it's something that I think we're going to be dealing with for a while. So it, it, let me ask you, do you think in the future we're going to have a different so, social network? Like, for example, now you hang out with a bunch of people. You hang out with people in different crews and different, like, walks of your life. Like, you know, you hang out with people like me, for example. But then you have your friends from back in New York. Yeah. And you have, like, different circles. Do you think what's going to happen is our social circles are going to shrink a little bit? For example... Say like you were to be a family of five kids and you knew a couple of other families of five kids or similar that had similar age ranges and you just sort of made an agreement, like mm -hmm. an actual, like you discussed it. We were like, look, let's be in our own little social circle here where it's just us mm -hmm. and we don't, we all agree, like almost like a swingers club where they're like, I'm assuming they like have mm -hmm. some limits on what they do. Um, many polyamorous listeners will probably <laughs> correct me on this, but Whoa. like, I'm assuming there's something like that. And, and we'll be like, there, there'll be like this groups that you hang out with and you sort of make an agreement to not go outside of those. Right. To not socially distance from a set group of people. I have to say, I think the people that you've agreed to not socially distance from during this time are the people that you were always closer to. And I do think humans are similar to our gut microbiomes. I think they're like a rubber band. And however much you stretch and pull and change, I do think that they tend to kind of just go back to where they were. I think the people you rely on are always going to be the people you rely on. You know, I, I don't think it's going to change things that much. I think the biggest change for all of us is that people are going to work from home a lot more. And, and I think that'll be good maybe for the environment and for the world. Um, and I think people who are like, no, you're the CEO of the company. You need to show up every day. I think they're learning that actually you don't need to show up every day. You know, and you don't need to yeah. get on a plane for that business meeting in London. You can do things right. really well 
this way. And I think work life is going to be very different. I think social life right now is chaotic and different, but I, I think we're going to go back to how we were. The issue is really restaurants and bars and things like that, that we did meet these people out at. I think that to me is the big X factor. How are they going to open? When they're going to open? Yeah. Is it going to be a crowded bustling place anymore? I don't, I don't know. I agree. Not until we have a vaccine. I don't, I don't know. It's, it's very interesting. interesting. But anyways, okay. We have a very cool guest coming up, Jake Hanrahan. He is a uh, journalist. He's a documentary filmmaker. He has a new media platform, a newish media platform uh, called The Popular Front. Uh, you've probably seen him on Vice or on some HBO show at some point covering some horrible conflict somewhere in the world. Um, he's going to come talk to us about conflict journalism and sort of uh, that lifestyle, the, the risks of it, and the obvious ones and the not so obvious ones. Um, things for us to plug here. Uh, first, we'll plug the email. So if you guys have any questions, please contact us there, hopquestions at gmail.com. Please follow us at Twitter at The House of Pod. We're also at Instagram at The House of Pod. We're available on Facebook as well. Um, thank you to Nadeem for helping with uh, getting our episodes out there for people to listen to. Anyone else you want to uh, plug or uh, say thank you to, Lizzie? Thank you, Kave, for being in my social network and doing this. We're, we're, we've been ramping up over the Zoom, so it's, been, uh, it's actually been fun. So Yeah, doing these episodes is helping me. It's yeah. totally helping me get through quarantine. It is like um, our fun hobby slash passion. And it's, um, I don't know, it's good. Yeah. Hey, thanks for everyone following us on Twitter and interacting with us and giving us questions for guests. We love that. Keep doing it, please. You guys rock. Stay tuned for a great interview. On the show today, we have Jake Conrahan. I like to say your name with a real Persian sort of sound because I assume you're like secretly Persian. Jake Conrahan. He's a no, it's, uh, it's Irish. I know. I'm just kidding. He's a <laughs> filmmaker and a journalist, and he focuses on conflict journalism. He's worked extensively for uh, Vice News, Wired, BBC, and now he started his own media platform called The Popular Front. He's covered conflicts from the Ukraine, Syria, Palestine, and Turkey. It's a, it's a real pleasure to have you on the show, man. Thanks for coming. Oh, thanks very much for inviting me, mate. So, um, you know, I got to say, there's, there's a couple of things that I really w I like about your work. One, I, I like that you sort of saw conflict journalism and you saw that there was all these really interesting stories to tell and you knew that they could have been told in a much more interesting, entertaining way because it's really amazing stories. And that's very similar to like how we looked at the medical show, why we started it. We're like, medicine's so interesting. There's so many interesting topics, but like we weren't hearing any shows that covered them in the way we wanted to hear. So I kind of got that sense from, mm. from that's something that you like specifically uh, thought of when you started doing conflict journalism. Yeah. Well, I always found that like, you know, the BBC, for example, do a lot of really, really good work. And they do make a lot of excellent docs out in the conflict zone. But, you know, I started at Vice News when it was good, when it first started. And we would go out there and, you know, we were on the ground doing like very, you know, shoulder to shoulder with the militants or the soldiers or whatever it is. And, you know, at the start, we got a lot of flack for that. 
with Vice News and they were saying, oh, you're glorifying war and blah, blah, blah. And it wasn't that. I, you know, I very quickly looked at it. I said, it's not actually. It's it, basically the old guard didn't like the fact that we were making conflict journalism um, enjoyable to watch for a younger, younger audience. Now, you have to, you know, the younger generation are not just going to stick with what you want them to do. So, you know, you have to make it a little bit new. You have to do something a little bit different. So kind of learned that advice news. So then when I started my own platform with Popular Front, I kind of took all of that that from Vice News, but then also have my own spin on it. You know, we do a lot of very kind of weird, you know, we're very into like weird aesthetics. Like we used kind of vaporwave, the kind of aesthetics and ideology behind it because it's, you know, Popular Front is strictly anti-corporate. You know, we, we don't have, we've been offered some big money from big corporate you know, businesses, but I refused because that's what destroyed Vice News, in my opinion. You know, when they started taking all the money on it, not just Vice News, but loads of media, when they started taking all the money from, you know, corporate venture capital, we've seen a massive, you know, dip and it's just gone rubbish because they've got a appeal to stock people, all of that money stuff. I don't even so know. So you think it's, um, you think it's been like watered down. So you started yeah, yeah, the... Yeah. So you started Popular Front, which just tell for people who want to find you, um, you describe it as a media platform and you guys do podcasting, mm. documentaries. Yeah. You said you just started a magazine and you're yeah. anti-corporate. That's kind of the, how you pitch yeah. it. That's, yeah, I mean, it's, it started off with the podcast, just the podcast, because that's easy to do, you know, like it's cheap. Uh, it didn't really cost me anything much. I bought a mic. So, but I always had the plan of going back to doing documentaries, how I want to do them, which was how I kind of did them at Vice News. So once, you know, I took a decision, I was like, I'm not having all of this kind of, you know, we kind of do it very irreverently. We kind of do it tongue in cheek. We say like, no frills, no elitism, no corporate bugmen. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Because we don't want to be like everyone else. We want to be like, look, we always say this, look, we, we do serious work, but we don't take ourselves too seriously. Because at war, there's a very kind of irreverent nature to it. There's all different aspects of war. And it's quite annoying when like white Westerners turn up and are just like, hmm, 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 we're here on the front line. And it's like, I was like, that's so boring. And that's why a lot of young people are not engaging. So I started Popular Front and then we used all these kind of, I did it how I wanted to do it. And we had a big kind of like F you attitude at the start, which a lot of people didn't like, but actually a lot of people did like, that's what kind of brought it on. And I think, you know, I started podcasts, we started making documentaries all independently um and i think people like the kind of i think popular front has integrity do you know what i mean i really do like for example when jewel you know like the jewel pods they tried to sponsor us and that's philip morris so i was like you know i didn't even reply i just put the email on oh, twitter and was like oh, no you, thank you philip you morris know how to, you know the way to my heart you, I was gonna like, say. you gave half the world cancer like no thanks no you, you know what i mean like no it's uh we've covered that we've talked about it we've actually that's a big deal for us too i mean yeah. For us, it's, it's, you know, no one's offering us the kind of stuff they'd be offering you, but it's a similar sort of thought. I mean, you know, we feel like if we're involved with anything, even though, say, a product that we really believed in medically, as doctors, it becomes then really strange, you know, for mm. us to then back it, even if it's something we actually like. Yeah. Uh, like, no, we're we definitely have- not. We're not going to take money from uh, any vaping companies no anytime jewel. soon. <laughs> yeah. But 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 if you're listening, no, I'm just kidding. We try, <laughs> yeah. We have, yeah. We definitely would like. I think who sponsors you is such an important part of like your vetting process and like who you are. Like that's a really important mm. thing that you need to look out for. So it's good that you guys are doing that. 
We do have sponsors, but it's like independent companies. Do you know what I mean? That's like absolutely yeah. Yeah. strict. So there's a coffee shop in Oregon. Um, it's like this straight edge coffee shop. And I know the guys that run it, you know, they're a bunch of anarchists, very good guys. And they were like, yeah, like sponsor the show. That like, Let's do it. That's fine. There's like a company in America. It's completely independent. They make like uh, self-defense equipment, not knives, but that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I looked at what they were doing. I was like, that's cool. That, yeah, that makes sense to me. They're independent. They're kind you know, they're believing you know, self-defense, which I think is important. So there's stuff like that. We'll have like, you know, we've kind of created a network of people that we will associate with because I want to kind of present this thing of like, there is another way of doing it. We can go around them, you know, mass media. And I'm not one of these like conspiracy theorist nutcases that's like the mainstream media, blah, blah. Like there's a big problems with mainstream media, but there's also like very, very good stuff still being done. But for me, it just didn't fit. And for me, I had to go around it and, you know, we've gone around it and, you know, Popular Front has been around three, this is the third year now. And like, we've got over a million unique downloads, which with no advertising or anything, which I I think is good. You know what I mean? And it's just, it's created a new trend almost. You know what I mean? Like people have started saying, oh, that's like Popular Front. And that's what I wanted. I'm like, yes, that's cool. Because now I feel like we've got something a little bit original. Um, you know, we're not the best. We're not. The, we're never the first. We're never going to be the first on any dropping news. But I like to think we do it a little bit differently. Which, you know, some people like it. You know, I, one thing I I notice about what you and um, Robert Evans are doing mm. something yeah, he's been a guest on our show as well um, is that it, it's something that seems sort of unique to the younger uh, crew of journalists. Is you're able to use the internet and Twitter to take different angles of things. I, I respect that you don't always, um, you know, support the people you interview and you don't necessarily agree with, I'm assuming, a lot of the people you, you, you talk about and you, mm. you show uh, on, your, on your programs. But you're able to use the internet to look at a different slice of life than I think the older journalists are able to. I mean, do you feel that way as well? Do you feel that gives you sort of an edge in that department? I, I don't know if it's... I tell you, it is the internet, but it's not exactly the tool of the internet. It's the culture of the internet that I've grown up on. You know, I was, I've been online since I was like nine years old. You know, I, I made a flipping um, Final Fantasy VII fan website when I was like nice. 10, you know, like using HTML. So, you know, like I've always been like a very online guy. And, I've, I, you know, I was interested in all these weird little subcultures online. Um, even like 4chan, like back in the day when, when I was about like, probably 13 I think I used to go in there and it it wasn't anything like it is now that's where like anonymous you know those groups came out of it was kind of fun back then um so all of that I kind of feel like I understand it a little bit better than maybe an older generation might which does help you know I mean certainly with popular front we we we're very like against this idea of having clicks you know what I mean but at the same time we want to understand the clicks rather than just scream you know, fascist or lefty or whatever, you know, people are very interested in being shrill and screaming at things. When actually, I think when you have grown up in these little weird internet subcultures, you understand a little bit more the nuances, which, you know, Popular Front is very, you know, we we do try and focus on the nuances. Like our our podcasts are very, very niche and very minute detail on topics. You know, we had um, an episode about suicide car bombs that ISIS used. And the lad we had on researched it so much to the point where he actually found like the Ford garage that ISIS raided to steal all the cars and like, you know, make the suicide car bombs with. Now, some people might think, well, that's too much detail. You don't really need it. But actually, when you go into the more minute detail, you find out things that you wouldn't have found out. 
for example, there's probably a guy that lived near that factory. That's why he knew that this, this and this, that's why they could raid it. So whatever. So I think that we're, we're trying to go very, very niche. Um, but by doing that, I actually think it opens it up to everybody, which is sounds kind of backwards, but people are not stupid. Like I think mainstream news has unfortunately, because they're limited to their time slots, they've somehow, whether they meant to or not, have often kind of taken on this idea that people are stupid and don't want, you know, news properly and actually people do want that you know i've been in so many commissioner meetings like at the bbc and sky and all these places where they're like nobody wants that and i'm like how do you know you have no idea you know you earn 100 yeah. grand a year and you sit in an office all day you don't know what people right so, so you um, yeah i mean you have to kind of go out there and that's what you do obviously it sounds like behind the scenes and also in your journalism um, and if you're investigating things like ISIS car bombs and, you know, war-torn countries and all this, mm. um, you know, you see terrible things, right? We did talk to, yeah. like Kaveh said, Robert Evans from um, Behind the Bastards, and he's also been a journalist in all these war-torn areas. And, you know, how do you not, you know, how do you continue doing the journalism? How do you not have PTSD? How do you, I mean, you were in a Turkish prison for two weeks. You know, if you Google yeah. Jake Hanrahan, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's like the first thing you'll see. Uh, um, like, how do you recover from this stuff and then keep going? Um, I don't know. That's a good question. I'm glad like you've asked it because you're like medical professionals. Like I've done a little bit of counseling and that, mm-hmm. but I don't really like it. It doesn't really work with me. Like, you know what I mean? Like I started a new one just before all, the, all of this stuff happened and it was, it was much better. You know what I mean? But obviously now it's kind of, you have to do it on Skype, which just feels right. weird. You mean like, a ther- we would call it therapy. Therapy. You said yeah. I, I meant yeah. therapy. Sorry. Yeah, no, yeah. no. I just think it's just colloquial. Like, um, yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, but I really disliked, I mean, I think for a lot, I kind of came up around a lot of other war reporters at Vice and other places, actually no one advice was like this, but put it this way, there's some reporters that I almost feel like they want PTSD in a weird way. It's almost like they want to be able to say at the bar, oh, I've got PTSD. <laughs> and I'm not really, I'm not about, I don't really like the idea of sharing that, oh, I'm, I'm so, you know, I'm so bad. Yeah. So, now, trust me, like, I get very depressed, you know, and I, I, I struggle with that stuff, um, definitely. But I don't know, I just, there's a, there's a, there's, I don't know if it's the way I've been raised, but there's certainly a part of me that always manages to just pull out of it. You know what I mean? Like, just think, right, it's gone, it's going bad, it's going bad. And then I hit the bottom and it's like, we absolutely must get out of this pit. You know what I mean? So that has always been more helpful to me. It's like, I'm depressed. What about this guy that was actually in the war zone? He's like, he's dead or he's this or his house is blown up. So that almost makes you think like, right, stop worrying about yourself, stop being moping and just get out of it, which uh, it's probably not that healthy, but it does help. You're probably growing up in a place where you're not really encouraged to talk about your feelings. You're probably yeah. growing up in a place or you're from a place where that's not something people do necessarily, um, even though it might be really important. Is that is that right? Yeah. I mean, the Midlands, I don't think there's exactly a comparison you could come up with, but it's like in terms of America, but you're kind of right. It's like, it's urban. I tell you what it is, the Midlands, especially the East Midlands where I'm from, is like the perfect mix of the North of England and the South. So it's kind of urban, kind of gritty, but also kind of country in a way. Do you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. so it's very, it's hard to explain, man, but it's a very dreary area. Like there's, there's just nothing going on. I always say this, if you're poor in London growing up, 
you can go and at least look at something cool. You can right. go around, you can walk to a nice park. Just the name Midlands. It's like Central Valley, California. It's like kind of this, uh, you know, the flyover states. We have all these kind of names for, to dismiss places, which yes. maybe isn't accurate. But, you know, you also talk about, um, you know, how to cope is really kind mm. of what we're talking about and how if you feel really low, I mean, do you turn to things like drugs and alcohol is that like a good co i mean it's not a good coping mechanism because you talk about how people at bars are like yeah i want ptsd and you know as doctors yeah. we also brag about that stuff we're like yeah i worked i didn't sleep at all last night you know two patients died on me or they coded or something and there is this kind of thing that you want to share with people in a bit of a bravado i think so yeah i think like i think it's really good to share it but i personally i just think you know share it with people you trust and I'm really conscious of, I don't want to burden anyone. You know what I mean? There's a time and a place. Don't just put on them. Because I've had it happen to me and I'm like, mate, I can't deal with this. I'm doing this and this. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, obviously, if it's very serious and they're like, I need to talk, you, you stop everything. But you know when people are just kind of moaning because they can't be bothered to figure it out. Well, particularly now where people feel so disconnected, you know, it's, it's hard. And, and, and listen, we won't go into like a psychotherapy session. That's way out of our wheelhouse. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I would give a plug here to make sure that you, if you need it, get help. Because yeah. you've been through some crazy shit. Like you're a little too young to remember this, but like in the 80s, it was like after this movie Midnight Express and movies like Airplane, oh, they'd cool. have jokes yeah. about Turkish prisons, like mm. being the worst place on earth. Tommy, you ever been to a Turkish prison? It's like a... It was like known at the time to be an awful, awful place. So you've been through some serious stuff. You've seen some really bad things, right? Um, mm. so, but let me ask you a sort of a different question about journalists. Um, do you feel like conflict journalists at some point become sort of adrenaline junkies? Do, is that part of it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any, any, anyone that covers conflict and tells you like, you know, I've met reports like, oh, I'm not, I don't really, you know, I don't care about, I don't get any adrenaline from blah, blah. It's like, don't lie. Why are you lying? You know, they, I don't think there's any shame in, and again, this is why I think people like Popular Forum, because I always try and encourage everyone to be as honest as possible, even if it might embarrass you, even if it might whatever, because people will trust you. You should say, yeah, yeah. Like, certainly me, like, there's part of me that always wants to go back to war always you know and i'm trying to uh, uh, there's part of me that's like no never again never again and it's you know it's a cliche war report thing but it's real you know and it's there and you feel for me it's it is the adrenaline sure like getting shot out or whatever there's a part of it it's adrenaline in you but for me it's like i feel like sometimes in conflict it's almost like if they're living real life do you know what i mean like they're not in a bubble of it's like they're out the bubble. It's like when, when, how do I say this? When, when, I think when like your life is at risk, people are a lot more honest and they care about things that are more important. That's why like, I always mm -hmm. say, I love the humor in the Middle East so much. You know, you ain't, you're not going to get canceled in the Middle East. You know what I mean? And <laughs> I've got a very sick, dark sense of humor. And when I'm in the Middle East, you know that you can joke with people and have like these dark jokes and you, you get by through the hell with the humor. You know, I love that part of it. I yeah. love the kind of ceremony of just living out there day by day. Like I, that, there is part of that I really enjoy. And I feel like there's some connections I've made in conflict places where it's just amazing. Like the connections you make like that is just, you know, like my best friend, Phil, I was in prison with him. Um, 
and, and our, our friend Rasul as well, like two of my closest friends. And it's like to go through that all with each other is just something that you can't explain. And it just feel, I love that I have that connection. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, yeah. them human yeah. connections are so important and I've just felt them very strongly in the war zone, unfortunately. Yeah. I felt a few, you know, in normal life here, you know, safe life in Europe. Um, but you kind of know that you can always find it again in the war. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think there's some movies that do Sounds that really well. Though. No, it's like Hurt Locker and American Sniper. It's like wartime is real and home is like this version of denial. Mm. And, um, and if you are an adrenaline junkie, like even if you know the PTSD keep, should keep you home, the adrenaline, adrenaline brings you back. You know, it's like a really twisted, difficult, um, probably emotionally wrought like kind of situation, you know? Um, so that's going to be, I guess, the past and the future for all like adrenaline, you know, uh, mm. for journalists like you, for, you know, people who are going into war-torn countries. But something very topical that we want to ask you about today is the coronavirus. I mean, uh -huh. you can't really avoid it in this, um, in May 2020, you have to talk about it, right? Um, so for you, how do you see coronavirus and the pandemic that's going on right now how has that changed your job and your life right now? And how do you see it changing journalism for the future? Mm, that's a good question. Um, to be honest, the main issue for me has been we, like with Popular Front, we had all of these things planned, right? So things were <laughs> starting to really open up. Yeah. Like mainstream were kind of going, okay, we get what you're doing. We like it. And I'm saying, no, no, no. And then it's getting to a point where now it's grown to the extent where I've said, okay, if you want to work with us, it's got to be on my terms like this, because you know, popular front is like 90% of it. It's just me. And I formed it and it's like, I want it to be like this. Otherwise, what's the point? We had two big things that were coming up, you know, it's looking like we might get a little popular front TV series, you know, on a big channel and having it how I want it to be with still using the kind of, um, you know, the ethics that popular front has. So that was all very exciting and now it's all on ice. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's probably not going to come back, man, because everything is, everyone's saying, oh, it'll start again. It's not, man. The economy is destroyed and conflict journalism especially was really always fragile anyway. And it was less and less. We were seeing so little funding for this stuff, you know, like it just kept happening and really good reporters getting dropped from all sorts of places. So now, I think it's inevitable. I've been reading up about it. I think there's a recession coming again. I think it's probably started. And I think it's just going to go a lot worse, actually. You know, I really do. There's yeah. one positive is that, like, independent media people are riding this wave from what I see quite well. Now, we, you know, we're mostly funded via our Patreon. We do, like, bonus episodes. So it's kind of like a subscription service, you know. But we hemorrhaged like subscribers at the start because people were like, Jake, I can't afford it. I was like, yeah, of course, of course. But then it kind of went back up again and it, you know, it's doing this. So it's like, I think a lot of independent people are going to be okay because their overheads are so little. Um, in terms of war, I tell you what though, I think there's going to be some serious issues with, like we're already seeing in the US, I know it's small, but it's gathering momentum with these people that I think there's some kind of people are being opportunists. They're using the lockdown as almost a means to, they want to kickstart a war almost, you know what I mean? Like these boogaloo types. Mm -hmm. now, I'm not, I don't have much of an opinion on them either way, but I do think that they're using this opportunity to be like, this is tyranny. It's like, it's not tyranny, mate. You're basically staying indoors so that people most vulnerable don't get the virus. Like, right. I can't think of anything yeah. that's, that's tyranny. <laughs> you know what no, I mean? No, it's, it's so funny in the day and age where we have access to so much online 
that people are complaining about those things. Now, the economy is hurting. There's an argument to be made there. And we actually just did an episode about how to help small businesses. But it is amazing that this has become a political issue to us. Like Lizzie and I, we're not inherently political like people. We're relatively apolitical. We haven't really cared that much. And we get a little criticism here and there for being sort of political in the medical world. But it's almost impossible these days to separate them. And right now, the fact that the that this has become a political issue in the United States is is mind boggling to me. It should only be an issue about talking about the economy and health and health in first. And that mm. is that shouldn't become split down party lines. And it's it's crazy to me that it has every facet, right? Like the swabs and the testing and the military deployment and healthcare and test. Like it's all. How could you not? You know. But um, I'm glad. It sounds like you're saying we're not going to lose some of those independent voices. And that is actually good to hear. I, I, that would my fear is that we might. And the only things that would survive in this in the news world would be um, the same ones. And, and there's nothing wrong. I, like you said before, I'm not like anti-media in any way. But it's nice to have these other options. I think that is good. Independent um, media is going through, or well, independent media was going through a kind of resurgence, in my opinion, just before Corona. You know, for a while, independent media became this weird kind of toxic conspiracy theory type nonsense. Yeah. But actually, I've seen it going back to how it first was. Like when the internet first got big, independent media was amazing, like blogs and bloggers and that. Now I feel like it's coming back to that, like real good people that learn in the mainstream, got disenfranchised with it and were like, right, do our own thing. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, like I said, it's all on ice right now. We're not sure. Everyone's a bit unsure, you know, it's quite worrying. Well, you know, I, I think you, you brought up a lot of interesting points and, uh, you know, you mentioned dark humor as sort of like, uh, a coping mechanism. And that's something, mm. you know, in medicine, we see a lot of bad stuff and you learn pretty early on to have a good sense of humor about it. If you're doing it right, in my opinion, my, um, my sister, she is a paramedic, like really one of my sisters, really proud of her. And um, yeah, she's work. She works like eight hours a week, something crazy, you know, like barely sleeps. And like, she's so funny, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's a good, good sense of humor on it. Right. It's our favorite coping mechanism here. Um, yeah. All right, man. So tell us where people can find you. Give us all the things that you could plug. Let's plug them. Let's plug. Um, so me, like, if you want to look at my previous work, it's uh, jakehanrahan.com. H-A-N-R-A-H-A-N. Um, and then Popular Front, the website is popularfront.co. Um, you can find the podcast, all of our documentaries. You'll, there's like, you know, you'll find it all there. Or you just search Popular Front in any app, wherever you listen to podcasts on. And then if you like it and you think, yeah, we want to support these lads, um, you can go to patreon.com slash popularfront and there's all sorts of stuff. You know, we do bonus episodes, minimum of two a month. So, you know, there's, it's, I mean... It's better than Netflix, I say. <laughs> you know what I mean? You might as well. So, yeah, that's everything, I think, man. Um, yeah. All right. That's excellent, man. Um, well, I'll, I'll say uh, please be safe, although I think you're probably safer now, quarantined at home, than you normally are. Well, I'm with myself, so I don't know about that. <laughs> ever. Right. Yeah. Well, again, man, you've been through a lot, so, you know, never hesitate to, to, to reach out. Um, okay, Jake Hanrahan. <laughs> yeah good persian lad stop doing that um, i'm never gonna stop i might it. start telling people that like yeah, no, I'm a ring. yeah they're gonna throw people all yeah. right man hey thank you so much it's really nice to have you on um and seriously though uh be safe uh now and when you get back to work we'll be uh following along thanks very much really appreciate it thank you have a good day bye-bye
like that we're good friends. Yeah. I may go with one of my best friends. Whoa. Are we BFF? No, we're not. Can we get can we get bracelets? I was thinking maybe we could get like interlocking heart Can we can we get tattoos? The opinions on this podcast are broadcasted for educational and informational purposes only and do not represent the opinions of our employers. These opinions are not intended as a diagnosis, treatment, or as a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult a local physician or other healthcare professional for your specific healthcare and or medical needs or concerns. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.